Hey, everybody. Sensational show this morning. Frank from D-Gods unexpectedly crashes the party, and he talks about the D-Gods move to Ethereum, the Utes move to Polygon, announces that there was a $3 million grant that was given to Utes uh, by Polygon, uh, and just discusses the current state of affairs with NFTs, his belief in Polygon, and what the ecosystem could look like in six to nine months. We run long with this one. It's an absolute jam. I think it's one of the best episodes we've had in a while. So I hope you enjoy it. And as always, all of our content is sponsored by SoRare. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash SoRare. If you enjoy NFTs and fantasy sports, SoRare is the platform for you. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the NFT Morning Show. We run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, cryptocurrency, technology, entertainment, gaming, finance, and everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., here with the co-host, Nifty Nick. Kicks, Easy, Bunny, Signal, what an all-star team. Couldn't be more jazzed up about it. Also streaming this one to my personal LinkedIn today. So we're going to have to see what people that worked with me in the past think of the new uh, NFT double life. Also just got to throw the lights on here on YouTube. Still whack. So whack. But <laughs> anyway, Nick, uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I saw portals uh, pumping because uh, Kalia tweeted about it. But so are bored apes. But here's the deal. If you do the math, right, we're up like 0.1 and uh, and uh, apes are up like three ETH. So at this pace, we're going to overtake apes pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about that. We're coming for the number one spot. You know, no, uh, Frank, you know, acts like he's the only one that can get after that number one. That ain't the case, brother. Like, uh, you know, D-Gods are cool and all, but... Uh, <laughs> Welcome to ETH Town, baby. You know, <laughs> welcome to ETH Town. You uh, in ETH Town now, Frank, man. Look, I saw Frank. Frank's a handsome guy, but like, he, he, you know, I'm not seeing, he's got to do steroids to be able to compete in ETH Town is basically what I'm saying because you come to ETH Town, it's like going to a new gym. You're going to get roughed up a little bit, man. Right, Nick? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> you, people have seen, it's hard to see how jacked I am through the Twitter spaces. You, you got some neck, though. People have noticed I got to confirm, NFT Nick is yoked like yeah. definitely not natty not definitely natty. not no no way not definitely no way. doesn't have fluoride in his toothpaste i guarantee that no. Dude, he, brushes his tooth, he brushes his teeth with nails the man's just cut um i've never even heard that saying before that <laughs> I, you brush your teeth with nails uh that just sounds painful and unproductive uh but here i am nonetheless we're pumping uh in the nft market so it's a good time right now aka Sell all your NFTs <laughs> that like you're going to want to sell them by the end of January. I'm just saying like if you're Not like if you're, tomorrow, if like, you're still sprinting <laughs> like I, dude, the, the, the dogs, the kennel dogs are like what worth $15,000 each. They're going to flip mutants. Damn. Like at this point, wh what can they airdrop me to justify uh, holding on at this point? Like I, I just don't know. You know, yeah, is, is the thirty thousand collection going to be worth more than the twelve ETH that you can get for the dogs? It's not even just the twelve ETH for the dogs. It's the comp. It's the rise of apes, the increase in price of mutants. The 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 combined yeah. It's basically, like you like to say that it's like kind of uh, pricing a dividend almost. It's like the market's pricing it like it's 20 ETH. <laughs> you also have to look at the tiers. The tier structure to get into each of the tiers for the four tiers 
Tier one is 92 ETH. Tier two, I think, is like 84, whatever an ape is. Tier three is, I want to say, like 30 now. And then tier four is whatever mutant floor is. I, you know, I was considering adding a dog so I'd have the mutant dog combo because I think that's like the second tier. Too, too late for that, amigo. Tier three, tier one is ape and a uh, dog. Tier two is ape. Tier three is mutant dog. Tier four is mutant. Makes sense. I think that makes yeah, sense. Do we know when this mint's happening? Yes, there's a date. It starts I the think 18th, 14th, 18th, 18th of January. Yeah, yep. and it's a multi-week. I think that's, a, I think that's a good top moment of this run. They, We're gonna have they, to like top it with mutants and they topped it with other dudes. So. But it's a multi-week-long mint, so I yeah. think we're actually going to pump. You got to do like process. an adventure. Yeah, you like do like an adventure to mint. You both are talking at the same time, so I didn't hear what Bunny was saying. But but that's oh, yeah, all good. Bunny, Bunny, like Bunny. Check himself. I know he's like all cocky because he's got a bored ape. But you know, relax, buddy. I'm gonna be honest. If I look at uh, speaking over violations and I were to count them, there would be one person in the show that uh, just dominates all others, and it starts with K I X. Would be the, uh, the the way that that's structured. But any, I, mean, hey, I don't I don't know. Maybe there's some lag in my end. Um, <laughs> I was gonna be I like, can't even hear maybe bunny. lag in your head. Yeah, okay, maybe I can't even hear bunny on my end. It's this YouTube setup you guys got going on. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Uh, there's no historical examples of kicked talking over each other on Twitter. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top, which basically just says to retweet it because uh, the Twitter Spaces banner at the top of the screen on Twitter is not there anymore. So Elon must be tinkering with the systems. And yeah, go ahead, Nick. Did you see that Frank is in the audience? And that what the, I don't know if you heard me, the, the, oh, he definitely heard that he, I was having saying that we're coming with like, yo, welcome to ETH Town, baby. It's, it gets rough around we here. And we, we're going for the top. <laughs> that was Theo. We're going for the top spot. Okay. So like, there's not just one big dog in town. Okay. So just, I want, I, I just thought he should. I want, you know, I don't like talking behind people's backs. I like to say it to their face. Okay, well, you're saying it to his sunglasses. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, anybody can get it on ETH right now. Board API Club included, anybody can get it. Because- Literally, if you have an NFT on ETH right now, it's just pumping. If it's not, if, you're, if your NFT is not pumping, it's a dead collection. <laughs> like, just like write it off. Pack it up, head home. Like you, you fucked up somehow, like in this entire uh, system. Because literally, if you just like have an NFT, here's the thing that we're missing: there hasn't been a big drop at, outside of the uh, the entire anticipated drop is the board ape drop. You like last year and prior years, you'd see other mints running up to that like sort of scenario, and we'd have like degen season, and people would be minting new NFTs. Where's that part of the whole ecosystem? We're it, not it's just happening. No, no, it's like it is a great degen season is in full swing right now. Like, so what are you meaning? Like, what what's what's any, the action? Any absolute garbage that hits a trending mint right now for 0.005 and under minimum goes to 0.01. Like, it's a quick, easy 2x. You buy it in size and you floor it even quicker. And with blur, it's 0% royalties. So it's basically just like, aggressively buying in size and selling in size after minting, like listing for 1.5 to 2x and just letting volume work on secondary. Dude, I mean, this market's so bullish that Kaiju Kings has activity right now. Relanders did more sales yesterday than the day they minted. This market's so bullish that Mutinate Planet, whose founder got arrested by the FBI, is pumping. (laughs) 
I mean, you got no, you, your project isn't, man. That's fucking sucks, dude. Oh, I gotta love yeah, prison's bullish. The depth of of empathy that Nick has is incredible. Nick just goes, if your project's not pumping in this market, just quit. Like literally, just go home. What a guy Nick is. I, I mean, let, the, the the only thing that I can think of that hasn't seen the size that one would have expected in terms of pump is probably creeps. You know, they've been really struggling for just just like weeks on end. And I keep seeing them just, you know, one of the biggest rugs in this ecosystem. And I just keep seeing them uh, just continuously, um, you know, screwing people over. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult market. Let's shout out playing, some of the you audience playing members. playing bingo over there, buddy? You playing bingo over there? <laughs> Dude, I have so many replies from that community. It's like absurd. <laughs> It, it just, you're it, doing like, it every day though every day you're doing it again and then i see you i just find i find more people to mute i mean it's a pretty effective like strategy so uh it's it, it's i gotta say the creeps audience has some of the best artists i've ever seen they made a one of one of you two hugging each other i have not laughed well, that hard in my entire life nick's sitting on my lap and the funniest part about so first of all I love that. If you, if you get mad at something that Nick says, the answer is to make a meme about it. One time, I think Nick said something about creeps and or maybe it was even me. And one, a guy literally just tweeted at me, shame on you in all caps. And he made a gif of literally some guy spanking another guy's butt. And it was his creep spanking my profile picture's butt. It was just absolutely hilarious. Um, my favorite part about that meme that Easy just mentioned is that they made it so that I only have like three teeth. Which is hilarious. Like I, I just like that touch. It's like, yeah, Pio's got like three teeth. Pretty funny stuff. We got friend. Yo, if if we talk crap about you, remember, like Pio says, just troll the hell out of us and be just an awful human being. Like, <laughs> just remember that. You know, that's what we're looking for. Uh, shout out to uh, Mikel Brun Hansen. Doesn't have a bio uh, and has a picture of his actual face. So, uh, shout out to you. Welcome. Uh, into the NFT space. Well, we're we're going to shout out family me uh, family members, audience members, family members. but the shout audience. Out to Pio's mom. No, no, the community and the audience. <laughs> you just my mom watches this show, so she'll probably hear that shout out firsthand. So that's awesome. Um, but anyway, shout. We're going to shout out our audience members. We got Frank on stage, so I'm excited uh, to hear Frank's response to Nick saying, "Welcome to ETH Town, buddy." Um, but we're going to get to that. I also invited Frank to come on the YouTube. He's got the Streamyard link if he wants to join on YouTube. So. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, if we're going to shout out the audience, I got to shout out Terry Cherry, uh, a D-Gen's D-Gen. A lot of y'all think you're D-Gen's. Terry Cherry is a proper D-Gen. Uh, she's a valued member of the Nifty community, longtime member. We also know her husband, really good guy. Uh, Terry's ba uh, bio says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing of. She's into NFTs, crypto, and fashion, and she's merging Web3 with fashion through Nolcha shows. Uh, sponsorships and events. We've been to those shows before. We've been to those events. Let me tell you, they're really something. I mean, uh, you could also just spoken to her character and her participation in the Discord as a strong community member in the Nifty Portal. Uh, the Mulan, I think I shouted out before because their profile just says fan of Daily Dose and Nifty Portal. Yeah, yeah. Like, Unless there's just an, a, a whole crowd of people that are, are you know, repping that. focused on those two communities. I don't know. It's like... Uh, well, they're into podcasts, you know? That's yeah. like the that's that's their uh, sort of persona. HCAT, 
uh, just has cool glasses as the uh, bio, like literally a cool glasses emoji. That's that's the entire uh, that's the Pretty entire cool. profile. A lot of people here just don't have bios. Other than sorry, I I, I don't want to double down here, but Harold S has a uh, bear market bears. Isn't that what it was called? Something like that. I I, I forget. Is that the free mint we minted at NFT NYC? Yeah, and I sold. I, I got I got one of the rare ones with the crown, and he has one of those. Uh, I sold it at the top, um, but I don't know what his situation is. Uh, he's from uh, Transylvania, a hustler, a petrol head, a philosopher, and a Web three developer. Transylvania. <laughs> That's where Dracula's from. Yeah, I don't think a petrol head. I just think of someone who like huffs gas. Um, that's usually that's what all F one uh, fans like, do is they just huff gas. That's actually the drug of choice on the track. Um, as people go to the F one events, I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, they just inhale the fumes um, from uh, from gasoline. That's that's that, that's almost as bad as uh, computer air duster. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're into? Snorting. Yeah, kicks his line. Snort, someone's snorting computer cleaner. Anyway, we got Timbo uh, underscore ETH. Timbo in the crowd. Timbo's a lifelong learner, an investor, a future retiree. Well, I hope you're going to retire eventually, Timbo. Come on now. <laughs> but, funny, dude. He doesn't even have a date or like an age. <laughs> Just he's going to retire. In the future, point. I'll be dead. <laughs> I could literally put future like, you know, uh, somebody's going to throw my funeral. Okay. Uh, anyway, portfolio X focus. Live human. <laughs> X live human. Portfolio focus. Bitcoin, Tesla, S and P. I mean, me and Timbo, we're on the same page. That's what I like to hear about repping Bitcoin and Tesla. I know you're Sim you're oh, accumulating God. Tesla at these levels. I know you are, Timbo. Let's go. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Centrix uh, CGT. One of the kaiju kings in the audience with a Christmassy kaiju king. Uh, they're a crypto investor slash NFT collector. And they also hold Ether Oryx as well. Quick comment. Um, I got a comment the other day that I saw on YouTube where they're like, damn, these intros are getting long. Yeah, tune in at like 9.30 and go fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick literally identifies a commenter that's like, hey, loyal member, loyal audience member, watch the show every day. Anybody else think that the intros are getting a little long? And Nick's immediate response is fast hey, forward, bitch. Oh, screw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, got go ahead, real blinky nigiri in the crowd he's repping uh the statue of liberty and a slice of pizza so i gotta think that this guy's a new york guy it says fish dad degen uh i'm assuming that means that he's like a sushi chef right like real blinky nigiri you a sushi guy anyway shout out to you glad that real you're what nigiri blinky is that a term blinky nigiri i don't know i don't it's his name it's two separate words that have now been combined in a singular word Interesting. Okay. Well, there we go. Haven't haven't heard of that before. Uh, uh, I want to shout out Mode Master, who uh, runs the Mode Master Gallery, Master of Any Mode. Obviously, that's why the name is Mode Master. So, well, I mean, talk about innovative naming. Excuse me. Uh, they're hashtag grind, hashtag savage, hashtag goblin, hashtag wrecked, hashtag survival. I'm good on this segment. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on from the shout out to the audience members segment. Why don't we dive into the weather report? And uh, yeah, 22 minutes in that YouTube, uh, that YouTube viewer is not going to be totally pleased about that long intro. But let's dive into the weather report and just figure shout out, out that YouTuber. You what's know? what's going on now, uh, you know, in the NFT space. So uh, is it kicks? Is it signal? Whoever it is, please take it away. 
Welcome to today's weather report. It's Friday, the 6th of January, 2023. Open sea, big, big volume. $15.2 million. Biggest day since November 1st when our gobblers came on the scene. Or $14.7 million. Open sea, beat floor, let's go! Leaders, age 83. Mutants, 19.5. Kettle dogs, 12.1. Even punks are moving up. 66 ETH, Azuki 16.5, Moonbirds 9.5, Pudgy 6.8, Doodle 7.3, Clonex 6.2. Let's go, NFTs! Over the past 24 hours, we've got apes, mutants, and dogs all leading the open sea ranks. Dogs experiencing a supply squeeze for the upcoming mint. We're five days out from the next piece of information from Yuga and ApeCoin. ApeCoin holding just under $4. Goblin Town back in the top 10 after Mutant Hounds teased a potential partnership and or involvement with 10KTF. Twitter's running lots of theories. Price pumped on the goblins breaking one ETH and Mick Goblin sitting just under 0.3 ETH. We got the Japanese NFT projects back in the meta with many projects run or set to run, including Shibiku World, Tokyo Alternative Girls, and of course the crowd favorite, Den Daka Den. Art side of the market remains hot. Friendship bracelets about to hit 0.5 ETH on 30K supply and Grant Young Sold a one out of one piece citrus for 69 ETH. Quickly looking over at crypto, Bitcoin 16.7K, ETH 1243. That's pumping a little bit this morning, though, on a good jobs report. Solana 13.2. We're ranging, but maybe we're going up. Back to you in the studio. Yo, talk about the jobs report there. Huge impact on the NFT market. Same as, like we said yesterday, an ongoing situation in Congress. You know, that's just a continued situation that a lot of people in the NFT market are talking about is that they just can't get a Speaker of the House. And and they're I just, just, trying, I just tab over, Nick. We got Frank here. Dude, Frank, my man. Yo, is this going to play in the spaces? As, or, you, you bet yeah. your ass it is, buddy. Oh my. These yep. guys are next level. I'm flooring. <laughs> I'm flooring everything. I'm aping. Because <laughs> of that one, that one feature. Well, look, we're excited to hear. We're coming for D guys, baby. You want? <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. I mean, I, I I heard a disturbance in the forest. Elon's trying to suppress, but I still find the fun. So here, still here we go. <laughs> so Frank, Frank, it's six twenty-five a.m. where you are. Yes. And you have sunglasses on. Yes. The sun's not even up. It's just a vibe. I'm getting, you know, I'm like in the villain arc right now, full fledged. <laughs> you became the man. hero. You've never I'm, become the main character. No, ever. yeah, that's the problem, right? I'm a man with no home right now. People, we're still on Soul. People are like, yo, I don't know. Can you curse on this show? Of course yeah. you can. So, okay. So people are saying, fuck you, Frank, on Soul. And now where I'm looking for solace and ETH, you guys are like, you're not going to cut it on ETH. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, just uh, embracing the villain arc right now. We got the sunglasses on. I uh, just got the evil plotting hands right now. So just uh, excited for 2023. Well, that's what I like to hear. I'm going to finish running through the stories. Also, Frank, uh, I invited you to come on the stage because you should be on the stage on Twitter too. I'm excited to talk about how we were just basically giving you like, you know, the varsity. No, we're- we're, we're gonna no, we're gonna we're gonna duke it out here. I mean, live on this show, I'm, I'm very excited for that. Anyway, so final stories from the NFT space. Animoca Brands has slashed their fundraising target for the Metaverse Fund from two billion to one billion. So fifty percent slash. Founder Yatsu stated, given the market circumstances, it could be less. So everybody, we might be pumping right now, but we're not out of the woods yet. The macro conditions still are what they are. So keep that in mind.
they're struggling. They can only raise one billion dollars for a metaverse That's fund. Tough. Yeah, that, <laughs> tough life, Animoca <laughs> Brands. Tough, Good tough, God, man. I mean, can you keep the lights on? Come on, um, <laughs> Sam Bankman-Fried. The amount of times I've said this guy's name, Sam Bankman-Fried has filed a court action seeking to block debtors from taking control of his four hundred fifty million dollars stake in brokerage firm Robinhood. I used to work there, stating the shares do not belong to any FTX-related entities. Now in bankruptcy, bank proceedings. So Sam is trying to just keep whatever he's got and people are trying to rip it away from him. Last story from Solana, hyped Solana airdrop token Bonk bur uh, burned all team allocated tokens, 5% of the total supply valued at 13 million at the time of burn. I think that's probably pretty bullish, right, Easy? Yeah, it definitely is. It also wasn't the only supply that they burned. Uh, we do have the founder of D-Gods up here, and their supply was promptly sent to a burn wallet. So Yeah, so I, I didn't respond to it publicly on Twitter because I didn't want the smoke, but I was going to say, like, <laughs> charities exist. You know, I'm happy that you guys burned the D-Gods allocation, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, dealing with it. I mean, now I got, like, 100 shit coins that are coming up, <laughs> like, saying, yo, Frank, so sorry you got you guys got left out of bonk you know we're coming out with x y or z thing and so i think we're about to have a meme coin season on soul it should be fun dude well, we i chili almost yesterday we had yeah. wolf lana dropping chili did a 200x out of the gate before promptly going to zero uh i think it's you're gonna see the same as long as you can get dude november of last year frank i know you remember this too there was milf coin there was <laughs> scum there was a bunch of other coins and basically I mean, Samo was the big one, right? Samo like, flew and that's still around. Like they yeah. actually have a, it got community taken over. They were at Breakpoint with an actual dog, like doing marketing, <laughs> which was amazing. Like absolutely amazing. They pulled up with a real Samo dog, but like these coins back in November of last year, if you just signed up with a Google form, you basically got airdropped thousands of dollars. Like I was just farming Google forms for like three weeks and probably left with five figures, which is beautiful. The the lack of uh, a bonk token, and I don't know that PO finished, but the lack of a bonk, bonk inclusion for Utes was truly devastating for people like me who's still holding on uh, to what may be a, a just a, a project that's crumbling at the seams, you know, right now. And so that's the sort of like vibe that I've been having. But I'm still holding my tube, thinking, oh, I'm about to be uh, I'm about to be rich with bonk coins. And I go to check my Solana wallet. That's the only NFT that I own in Solana. I want to be clear because I'm that bullish on uh, on the tubes. Um, and yet here I was, uh, bonk poor. And so yeah. it was a real struggle watching that uh, watching that pump. We've been discussing it every day since, though. No, uh, I'm so sorry. I think like it's probably top five struggles. Like, period. I wouldn't even <laughs> want to spend like a day time on it. You know, I know there were some like miners in East Asia, like in the 1400s, but like that were going through a lot of shit. But I that's not like really shit. Might... Yeah, compared yeah, to this. Yeah, it's like I don't know where I rank that, you know, on the scale. So I'm really sorry about that, dude. I, well, I, 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 I put uh, my support long. tickets into the bonk team. Um, they told me to fuck off. <laughs> and so I begged on public in public on Twitter. They, told, they responded by burning the, the proposed D God's allocation that I didn't even know about. And so, yeah. You know, just vibing. Well, hopefully we can survive this deathly arrow. <laughs> I, I appreciate the recognition of the emotions that I'm feeling. And I'm sure a lot of D-Gods, Utes, and Tubes holders for, that are for feeling people listening, similar. For people listening, there, there are tears streaming down from, from Nick's eyes right now. And <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen someone, you know, of his stature 
his strength and uh you know just as a yeah just so someone like him cry this much so you guys should know like for people that are listening in yeah. these spaces yeah he's listening to that song tears streaming <laughs> down your face i don't even know that song i'm gonna Cold be play. honest oh, who fix is it you. Coldplay, fix you oh there you go I- i'm a basic bitch let's okay go. fix you is, is a classic song Theo, <laughs> what uh, did you finish the uh, yeah no, I, I, I was done um oh. I, i'm curious like i didn't even realize that you, oh you know, well let's let's then, then let's continue with the conversation that really matters here yo i appreciate that apology frank but that's like step one yeah right like that's like step one there's some bigger issues at play and the bigger issue that i see was that you decided to compete with us uh, you said I'm gonna move over coming to, to Ethereum. <laughs> yeah, that you're coming to Ethereum, yeah. and that you guys were gonna say we're gonna take over Nifty Portal. Our floor, I don't know if you saw this last night, went up 0.1 ETH. So it was a massive move. <laughs> and, and, and I just wanted to say, like, we're coming for the top spot, and it like it's just kind of offensive your transition into this space. How you would sort of just say, hey, um. We're trying to like, uh, you know, all the math that you did, which said that, oh, 90% of volume of high price NFTs are on Ethereum. That's nonsense because it seemed like this was strictly directed at some of the key NFT projects on Ethereum, including us. And so I just want to say like, we're not fans of that, dude. And I I don't know that it like, you're not welcome around these uh, (laughs) These parts. parts. (laughs) No, I I do keep hearing that, you know, because like, when Vitalik first pitched Ethereum to to the world, but also probably personally to me, he he did say like it's a permissionless blockchain, except if Nifty Portal like says otherwise. And so now I'm like worried because yeah, we are going to eat, and I haven't gotten the express permission from you guys yet. And so um, I'm hoping to rectify that on this uh, podcast today. But you know, I. It, if you didn't call me out like this, I would have come in with the clear like the you know the regular BS like. Oh, we're all friends. Like you know, we're all going to support each other or whatever. But no, I'm, now that it's out in the open, like yeah, the, the goal is to destroy Nifty Portal yeah. by taking. Well, D-Gods Frank, I got I got one question for you because you know you got you got D guys going to ETH, you got Utes going over to Polygon. I'm I'm really excited about that because I'm a big Polygon guy. But I'm just curious, you know, like you know, how are you looking at you know juggling you know two relationships? You know what I mean? You're you're kind of going to be a little polyamorous here going into this. I'd prefer if you kind of, you know, hit the polygon side a little harder, but you know, how are you going to juggle that? Yeah. So I, I think like the way I'm looking at it, the one thing that's going to be a layup that I, I'm happy to just say like now, cause I'm doing like less tweets and I'm down to, down to open up more on these talks. I, I think that users are likely going to be like the biggest project on polygon when we get there. And, and we're like really in a state of just doing tech right now on the bridge, working with like, phantom wormhole like a a lot of different partners to make sure this bridge is ideally in one click which would be really cool like because you know phantom is launching their wallet supports polygon and eth and so if you could just click one button and and bridge it'd be like the first one button bridge which i think would be cool so that's where our team focuses on right now but i think we'll be able to land some slam dunk deals with the branding of like utes being number one on eth where i feel like if utes were like number 57 on eth when we get there I don't think we would be able to get the type of brand deals that we're already kind of in the middle of of securing right now for the project. And for me, I'm way more excited about the tech side. And I'm curious what what excites you, Kicks, on the Polygon side, because I think there's so many different things. But for me, I'm more excited on the tech partnership side, like with Meta, you know, Instagram, Reddit. Like if we can land something like that, then we're talking about real scale 
millions of users, you know, putting totally. eyeballs on the project. And if we have a solid conversion funnel from there, where it's not just like, oh, just go figure out what NFTs are and then go buy a U. It's like, hey, this is why if you're a big Reddit guy, like you're going to really like the Utes community. And if this is why if you're, you know, an Instagram influencer, you're going to really like uh, Utes. And so that's kind of the targeted approach with, uh, you know, with Utes. Yeah. And with D-Gods, the focus is to really own, um, like having the strongest fucking community uh, on ETH, like, and, and really try to take that up by 10x of where we're at right now. And so those are like the two different plays where Utes is more brand and D-Gods is way more uh, community focused, but hopefully by just providing a lot of value to both those communities and sharing some of the stuff like with the launch pad, D-Gods and Utes will be able to admit, well, we can get into it. I'm getting to that point when I'm monologuing too long, nobody's following. So that, that's kind of the summary there. No, no, we're, yeah. we're following. And Nick, yeah. can I just throw one thing in? Is yeah. I like the way you're thinking about that. So this is something... I think maybe over the past six weeks, this has been happening in my brain, which is this understanding that the future of NFTs is, you know, in, in the form of mass adoption. And when I talked to Giancarlo from YouTube, Giancarlo buys tokens. I love he, that guy. He, he's the best. And he talks about how his Reddit videos are performing the best. Then you talk uh, to Gabe Layden, and I'm sure you know Gabe too. And he's like, well, look at the way we're doing it with the free NFTs, right? Then I look at our, our sponsors, so rare. And like, you know, I was excited for them to sponsor us because of like who they are and then now that i'm like deep into playing the game i'm like addicted to the game and it's focused on getting people in with like free nfts and then there's an option to get the higher value stuff but seventy thousand people a week are entering these competitions What's more relevant? 70,000 people participating on a weekly basis or like 4,000 dudes that own Wolfgang. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. way I think about it, it's different. Nick, Nick go ahead. I like I like ending everyone's with the, catching strays. I, I like, everyone's catching I like ending with the wolf game uh, statement. Dude, I don't know if you were here, Frank, for the past couple of days, but I basically called uh, creeps a rug pull, and uh, and their entire community got furious about it. But I just wanted to say the type of response that you had to me making some offhanded uh, remark is basically the I think the proper way. So I just wanted to uh, uh, you know express uh, gratitude for your presence of demonstrating the correct way of responding to a non-statement that I, that I make versus, <laughs> versus uh, the way no, that some of these I, other communities I, are like. I see both sides, though. I think, like, you know, from what I've seen with the Creeps founder interactions that I've had on Twitter is, like, I feel like they're trying. I think that I, I have a deep empathy for a lot of projects that have meteoric rises on day one because we didn't experience that at all. Mm. And, like, we were a slow grind. But it's, like, I'm glad for that. Like, I'm grateful for that. You know, like that was what allowed us to get our shit together before things went crazy. We're like people that just go so parabolic like Creeps did when it came that out. That is true. It's just, re it's really hard to live up to that. And it's very few projects that really like, like are able to hold, hold that up for a while, right? Like everything that mooned that but hard. I think part of that too comes from like the fact that it was like people were making so much money. So much like, money, dude, dude. As soon as people started saying like, I'm making $5 million a year. It's like, yeah, this is real sustainable, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like as whereas projects that come out and have like an organic people who are just excited to be a part of something versus just being excited about becoming an overnight millionaire is like the bigger thing. You know what I mean? There, there was um, that we were actually discussing this. It's such an interesting thing, you know, like uh, and we were discussing this with like Moonbirds, which had a similar scenario where Kevin Rose is probably like, why did I do this? Like, it's <laughs> like, uh, it, I mean, 
simultaneously, I have 40 or $50 million sitting in a bank account, which is not like, that's like a way more privileged like position to be in. But I, but like a lot of people where like the floor price immediately flew up to those high levels. It's like suddenly everyone who's holding it, like the expectations are ridiculously high at that yeah. point for a space where basically nobody has any idea what the hell they're doing. Like it's, it, that's it, the big thing when people are like, Oh, they raised $70 million. Like I, like, look, I, I'm down and I empathize and understand the harsh, like, no bullet, like, you know, no leeway, no excuses vibe that a lot of DJs in the community have. Like, I get it. But if you want to, like, really understand it, that the real answer is, like, there's no right way to allocate capital in this game, in this ecosystem right now. And everyone is figuring it out. And people have different approaches to it. And so it's like, I, I again, it's one of those things where I see both sides. I wouldn't bet against, it's like, Hard to bet against Kevin Rose in the long term, like in the long. Same thing with Gary Vee. It's like, I don't, I don't want to fade. I, I'm glad you can't short NFTs, right? Because like, <laughs> I'm not fading Gary Vee. I'm not fading Kevin Rose. I do think that they might be slower to figure out some of the stuff that, honestly, like guys like us that are just here every day following the ecosystem can like iterate and learn faster. But they're gonna steal that from us, right? Like, they, they, we're gonna have some sauce that we figure out on how to like run the project. They're going to see it. They'll move slower, but they'll do it in a way that's kind of, you know, cool. And so my, my sense is like, it's the time, hopefully 2023, people just realize like, dude, having $70 million in the bank, like probably the reason that they still hold any value. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these projects, because if you have that, why is Doodle still holding value? Well, and they have a ton of money in the bank. They're not going to get anywhere. not allowed to talk about them. <laughs> how many, how many people are you guys canceled by? At this point? Like, like, uh, I did have a moment. If you eliminated me off the show, then we'd have positive relationships with literally every community. But I arbitrarily and randomly (laughs) will just throw a shot. But you you were talking – I mean, Pio kind of threw one out there as well. I saw well, the Wolf Game the comment is not a shot. I'm just no, pointing dude, it that out. That was totally, you were trying to Uncalled tear down, down that community. No. Pio is an instigator. Pio is an instigator for sure. <laughs> but but uh, I also see this guy who's like, uh, but you guys are making fun of projects with huge organic growth like 10KTF. Doesn't make sense to me. What? We never even discussed 10KTF. <laughs> we were like, like, I love 10KTF like at least once a week. We like, all we, own we it. Were, <laughs> Well, but, and we were like the first five people to buy 10K. <laughs> it was like all of us on a show. We were like so bullish. And then we checked the activity and it was like just the nifty portal buying it. Back it was December. all of us on the show. And we were like, damn, there's a lot of activity. And then it was like, oh, we're all buying from each other. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. Because there were rumors that Beeple was behind it at that point in time, which turned out to be true. And that turned out, how crazy is it that that turned out to be one of the hands down most legitimate plays in the entire uh, NFT space. I mean, it's not shocking though, because like their website was, was like banging when they came out. That, that was one of the website. best mints ever. Like, uh, so I don't know. Um, I guess I can't say it's that surprising, but regardless, yo, shout out to uh, NFT project creators uh, that have taken some strays, you know, during this show and <laughs> other shows. You know, take it uh, on the chin. Uh, Make some funny memes. Uh, an RIP. You know, you know, it was good. It was go- good knowing y'all. <laughs> but Frank, what, when can we expect the next, you know, break the internet type of splash from you? That I, we know you're I that kind of guy. In two week, a week and a half, probably. Like uh, we're, we're doing this launch pad, and I think the way we're doing it as an incubator, um, it's going to be something that 
one, there's going to be big brands that apply. And I think we're going to be, we're going to try to make the first case studies of like big brands doing NFT projects that are actually fucking good. Yeah. And I think we have like, we have a lot of diamonds in the rough. Like my, my vision for where, how do we get hype on Polygon? Cause like, let's be fucking real. Like I, I like to keep it straight. Polygon, NFT, you guys are man, I kind of mid, right? Like I told the founders, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of dead, right? There's not much going on there. And so <laughs> we, no, 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 for real. It's like, it's, it's real. Like, you know, coming from ETH, Paul, uh, ETH, Soul, like both of those are way more vibrant ecosystems. But I'm like, all right, this is a fun challenge to take on in 2023 because if we can make it work, like, and you guys are DGEN, so you understand, like, if the narrative soon becomes like, Yo, Polygon NFTs. There's like we got seven Polygon great mints dropping soon. Yeah, actually. we're so going to. We're poly bros. We're, yes. we're going to be. We're going to be poly bros, which sounds which sounds rough. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got to work on the branding. We got like I said, it needs some work. It needs some work. Cool. Yo, we got a poly squad coming to your town. It's like, uh, can you stay away? I'm calling the cops. Um, Kix is on Polygon. Uh, I mean, people are going to like laugh, but the Trump NFTs were on Polygon. Um, I feel like the the Reddit NFTs are on Polygon. All of a sudden, Polygon could definitely be something. Kix, were you going to weigh in on that? Yeah, okay. yeah. What I was going to say is that yeah, like what Frank honestly said is like 100% accurate. And I think that like the Polygon team is like uh, well aware of it as well. Like we moved preparators over to Polygon in, in June of last year. And we had a lot of people asking us because like Avalanche Pump, Solana went crazy with NFTs and people are like, are you going to stay on Polygon? Polygon uh, has been doing great stuff on the B2B side, but, but they've, all, they've kind of lacked an identity, especially on the profile pick so side. Like name one profile pick project that's big on Polygon. There's zero. Yeah. So Utes is going to come in and be that one, which is what makes me you know, really excited. And I think it's a smart move by the Polygon team to work with Frank on this. And if you notice, a lot of the executives at Polygon are now rocking you PFP. So like they're they're trying to fix the like a, a, for a profile or, or for an NFT community to like really succeed, they need to have like an identity and they need to have like you know a, and they a need to have a lot so, of great projects. It's it's like yeah. this is where you know, it's a lot of gaming. This. Yeah, it's a lot I've of fired gaming shots metaverse. at uh, I fired yeah. shots at Sandeep on Twitter pretty openly, and uh, he followed me the other day, and I was like, I'm not going to Polygon, and he responded and was like, Yeah, that's not the goal. We're just trying to see like how audiences and communities have been grown, and I was like. Oh, damn, that was a good response. <laughs> because, no, and, and what you're highlighting on easy is like, this is the hilarious thing about it. That again, like, bro, I don't know the right words to put in 280 characters, but can you imagine if like Microsoft changed from like MongoDB to Postgres? They changed their database. Can you imagine like people with picket signs outside? No, of course, like people are not fucking <laughs> protesting about that shit, right? Outside, we're not going post like, we're not stand for this. We're not going to stand for MongoDB. It's super challenging because it's like, for me, I understand like Solana is great. Like I, I, the wildest thing is you just, the amount of fake things that come out about me at this point, or just like about like a lot of stuff. But for, for my perspective, I haven't said anything bad about Solana. I still haven't. Like, you know, I, I, I think it's a great NFT ecosystem. I think for our business, it's like a high ROI move, high risk, high reward move. To go to Polygon. And here's my thesis. This is super specific. I don't think I've said this before. My game plan is with our launch pad, like we what I feel like we're the one of the best in the in the game at, and I'm happy to share, like I'm open about it. I think we're we know the science of making a good profile picture and like great NFT generative art. And so my thing is if the first like seven launch pad projects that come out from from our incubator launch pad program have like pretty incredible PFP art, dialed in color palettes, clean line work. Great, great base characters. I feel like that as a as a core 
is going to be really strong to drive people like to get excited about every mint that's coming out. Because I feel like I've dissected the hype for a mint game. And what it really is, is like, if the preview looks pretty sick, the website is dope. Like, you guys are the ones that talk about the website. It's like, preview looks sick, website's dope. Websites. Like, fuck. It's like, fuck, might have to ape this. Like, you know, and, and, <laughs> and if we can line up seven or eight, like week after week after week in this two month period, like while we're, you know, while we're working on the bridge, now Utes gets there, but it's not like it's just Utes. Next week, the first Launchpad project's coming out. Th- second, third week, new Launchpad project's coming out. And then by the fourth or fifth week, my sense is knowing how fast people, on, especially on EVM move with forks and like just the DGen culture that it is, you're going to get a ton of DGen mints over on Polygon. You're going to get a ton of people just like holding shit in wheat where they don't usually do that, right? When there's like the Trump activation, when there's like things like that, Reddit, you convert to wheat, but it feels like dirty to hold the wheat. So you're just like, oh, I'm just going to move it back. So it, it Polygon, I told the founders this too, it is the exit liquidity chain like almost by definition right now. So let's fix that by by having a multi-month, essentially like hype period so around Frank, it. Do you have a question? So it can become self-sustaining. Yeah. When do we get the information on what Polygon gave you for the grant? It's $3 million. And okay. uh, I was going to put, I'm, I'm still down to put it out. Did you just it's break like, that here? Is this? Yeah. Yeah. We just broke it. Oh, let's yeah. go. Son, so the thing is like, it was nowhere near like the largest number like that we were offered, but it was clearly like the place where there's the highest upside for the community. And uh, the numbers on Twitter, I honestly like, I don't know where people get them. Like, I, like same thing with the Solana thing. Like, we never asked Solana for five million dollars. No idea. That was where the talk th- of our Basil. Was like, yes, like going in there asking for money. Little did they know, it was like you and me sitting in Solana spaces talking about projects for like two hours. Yeah, we were like, yeah, we were discussing like the again. We were talking about the science of PFPR, like the nerdiest <laughs> shit. And so for me, I'm like, I don't know where these numbers come from. I already know. I just said it right now, and there's gonna be like a ton of conversation around it or whatever. Like somebody's gonna tweet, and then it's gonna just go. But um, yeah, it was $2 million and it's, it, it is a grant and it's one of the larger grants that they've done, like talking to the BD team, like pretty actively, they really don't win a lot of deals on like grant money. Like that's not what it is. It's really just like this entourage effect. So I'll tell you exactly. And it worked on us. It's like, if they have Facebook, Dolce Gabbana, Adidas, Nike, Netflix, you know, what I mean? like all these massive fucking brands on their chain. They go to the next big brand and they're like, look at all these other big brands that came on. It's like classic sales, right? And you just have this entourage effect of all these other synergistic partners are on the chain. Like, do you want to join this chain that all these other credible people join? It's like when you have the biggest thing is like, it just has to be easier. Cause you mentioned like DNG, which was like arguably the worst mint. Like that turned so many people away from Polygon (laughs) because they had to manually send out the NFTs. And if you weren't one of the first thousand mints, you actually lost money. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's bad. No, I think. Like my whole thing, I keep telling them is I just don't think that brands are doing NFTs right. Like I think that most celebrities and brands that we know of, it's like a negative connotation if you have money sitting in crypto, which most people forget when they think about how do you onboard the next million people. In reality, like you you still need to get the crypto native people excited. You can't just go full scorched earth, like only new people, because most of the liquidity is still with people that hold ETH in their it's like. You're not going to double the market cap of ETH from someone buying a fucking, like everyone buying NFTs. So you still need to get crypto native people excited about it. And so that's what I kept. I, this is the line that I said of Polygon every call that we had with them. I told them right now, most people, when they go to Polygon, lose money. If you want Polygon's NFT ecosystem to win, 
People that go to Polygon need to make money more often than they lose money. If they do that, they will keep their money on Polygon. They will continue to use it. They'll be excited about the next projects that are coming out. But that is the problem. And so just dropping any random brand with an NFT, it might get you your press statement, but you're going to win so much more if the thing does well in the secondary, holds, becomes a strong community, because that's what's going to drive the next 10,000 crypto native people to join like that ecosystem. And that's going to drive the network effects a lot stronger than just getting a ton of random people that set up one wallet at one time. So, yeah. I also think there's, uh, and Re uh, Reddit did this, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this, uh, for, for people to essentially create wallets on behalf of the users. Like a lot of the onboarding, like the friction for, uh, for like two years ago and still to today is so massive to get to the point where you're like on, uh, like where you're getting your first NFT. It's like, let me go buy ETH on Gemini or whatever, or a Coinbase. Let me then transfer that to my MetaMask. Let me then go mint a thing. And last year or the year before, it was like, and then participate in a gas war. It was, it was like, like this yeah. entirely way overly complicated thing. Impossible to, to the, onboard people. To, to get to the point, could you imagine if like, uh, we, we discussed it on our end, like a Happy Meal, basically, where you get like the gift inside. But in order to get the gift, they were like, McDonald's was like, yeah, 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 it's a free thing. But what you're going to have to do is like, and then they set up this like complicated obstacle course for you to go get like the free gift that was associated with your Happy Meal, like what whatever it is. Anyways, like I, it, it's, uh, there's a ton of, um, there's way too much friction Polygon even has its own degree of friction. Oh, it, yeah. But, it's, but yeah. It's not great. It's not great. I think the big thing, probably not coming the first half of this year, but they are moving to try to get their gas fees and ETH. If that happens, my sense really? is like, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So they're doing like, I forget the, the term that they were using, like ZK something. It's ZK. I'm, ZK I'm still learning. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's like they have their own term for like for the, the way they're doing it or whatever. But like, I'm still learning the ETH terminology, guys. Bear with me, Solana Bozo. Uh, but no, 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 I got to clarify like 100 times. Anyway, point being is, um, yeah, I think that they, they're they open to listening. And it feels like everything they're doing is on the right track. And the team is just so hardworking. Like, this is the thing. I, I just enjoy my interaction with every person I talk to on their team. Super sharp, on top of their shit, listens, takes notes during the meetings, comes back with good like suggestions. I was like, okay, well... If we're going to like bank on a chain, like I'm pretty down to take a risk with these guys because they're hard workers. Like we work hard, they're working hard. It's, it's a synergistic relationship there. And again, I just, I'm a big DGen whisperer type of dude. Like where I want to make sure the stuff we do is both exciting to DGens and will make the project better. And I just think like the narrative of a new like NFT ecosystem in this market, like could easily just be the most exciting fucking thing in of the year. Like if it's an actually quality thing and they have all the fundamentals, like most brand, most, most chains like don't have the BD like fucking ecosystem that Polygon already has. And a lot of these guys are like trying to find the right activations. So to me, if our whole thing is like, we're down to talk to brands to make sure they can launch quality projects that they're not like burdened by in six months where they just don't know how to run it, where I think that a lot of that could be much, much more straightforward. So I'll stop like you know shilling Polygon there, but it's it's an exciting challenge at the end of the day. Like it's not a guarantee; it's a risk. The volume is not great on NFTs, 
There's not really like a great NFT culture there right Polygon now. Polygon didn't even pay us for this show, which is absolutely disappointing. <laughs> like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, since I did just break the news there, I just wanted to clarify too, like, you know, there's a lot of narratives about like cash grabbing and things like that on the internet. My, my thing is two, two things. I'm going to give the reality pill and then I'll give you like the softer version of, right? The reality pill is it's a brutal fucking bear market right now. And my recommendation to any team, not just us, any team, if there's money on the table, like if you can secure runway for your project and oh, yeah. you, you, in this market, like you, you got to take, take that money for your holders benefit, like for you, not even for you. Like yeah. for us, like the money doesn't go to my pocket, right? It's like going to the company so we can hire more people and expand. And that, it's like that's what people benefit. You should take the money on the table every time. And then I was saying one the second thing yeah. is it, it's not a matter of like we were going out here and like farming money from every chain and we didn't ask Solana for any money. It's like every chain that we talked to was, you know, they have a grant program. Like that was a part of it. Like it's just like everyone was offering us something. And so it just escalated from there as like, you know, just so Polygon, if you're watching 100 million, <laughs> we're, yeah, the number I just went up with them. I was joking with them. I was like, yo, everyone on the internet saying 6 million. Maybe we should like, I was like, <laughs> hey, if that was at 50 mil, I said, Ryan, I was like, yo, so what's at 50 mil? Maybe, maybe we should make this happen. And it's like, dude, we're trying to make good partners. My thing is if we crush it, there's going to be more money. Like, it, like, to me, it's not, like, if we both know you guys are going to yeah. crush this, like plan is no, it's in it. It's in it. I don't want to get cocky here. Same thing with the ETH thing. It's like, I'm confident in our team and we have a chip on our shoulder. We think we're one of the best NFT, NFT teams in the game, but I'm also like down to run it back. Like I'm down to start from zero on ETH, start from zero on Polygon and like just go from there. It's just got very like the responsibility we had on Soul was something that has always been really challenging to live up to because it became this culture and you saw it the most easy. It's like, bro, we can't live up to being saviors of a blockchain. And it started out as a meme, but the way people can't read nuance or like jokes on the internet. And so it got so intense that I just feel like I missed the days when we weren't like so responsible for like so much and our decisions could be more free form because I still want to fuck around and find out. Like I'm in that zone right now, right? And, and that's like what this year is all about. projects yeah. with the same floor price and not one like distinct 5X higher. You, it's like you do get this like face, you know. It's like the apes on ETH. Like if if Yuga mm -hmm. came out and said something wild about them leaving Ethereum, it'd feel like they abandoned ETH just because like that floor price inherently has a psychological effect on the yeah. community. It just does. Like it's a sad reality of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and real quick, uh, I signal's hand is getting tired. I wanted to throw to signal. Signal, what's on your mind? It's so tight. I have like an NFL shoulder injury. <laughs> um. No, Frank, I wanted to ask. Like, Except like, you, you, it was the mean battle of this show. So basically, <laughs> yeah, which is basically, even more violent. Your talking took out my shoulder. Um, basically, what I wanted to ask, Frank. No, first of all, Frank, I want to say it takes a huge amount of humility to go from like a massive chain to, sorry, a massive sort of presence that you have on Solana to go to Polygon where you have zero. I sort of look at it as, you know, when TikTok kicked, kicked off and all the big influence wouldn't go there because that would mean that they'd have to start from essentially zero again and they stayed on Instagram and then slowly you're actually seeing that the like their market share their presence on Instagram has been slowly eaten away and the tick like the guys who decided to go hard on TikTok all that generation have done incredibly well. I kind of see uh, sort of similarities between going from Solana to Polygon. And I think it takes a lot of humility to do that, to start from zero when you've already kind of reached your peak. My question was to you though, on Polygon, how open are these big brands to doing collabs with you? Like to the point where, you know, 
if I have a lot of youth points or somebody has a lot of youth points, can that be converted into free Starbucks? Like, <laughs> I mean, are they, oh, no, no, no. But like, it's a genuine question. Like, are these big brands open to doing uh, these kind of collabs and not specifically coffee? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think, um, by the way, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I think it's less even about, um, you know, being brave as much as it is like, this is a calculated risk that we want to take for our business this year. We think it's a move and like, let's, let's fuck around and find out. Let's see what happens. And, uh, but, but in terms of the brands, it just varies, right? It's like, there's not, you know, I, I use it because it makes the sentence the shortest when I speak on it, but it's super, like, it's just nuanced. Like some brands, like right now, there's two that are pretty big that are just like layups, right? It's so easy for us to integrate into points. It's a no brainer. It's mutually exclusive. Cool. Some of the other ones, it's like, okay, we got to like talk, have a meeting, figure out what makes sense. And uh, so it, it, it's it's both on the different ends of the spectrum. And I think like but if the overall thing that's important for the audience even to understand is there is an appetite. Like there is an appetite, but the appetite has gotten smaller and it's also gotten more focused. Like people want to, like these brands want to work with really great projects because they're tired of like the narrative of working with like a rug or, you know, the managing a collection and all these different things and so it's it's, it always comes back to just in any business how do you make it a slam dunk for both parties like that's what i'm i'm obsessed with going into 2023 like i just love aligned incentives like phantom is launching on polygon and eth pretty soon and if they are the first wallet to have all three like soul eth and polygon you know they're incentivized and we're incentivized to make a really cool bridge process together because it could be with you wouldn't have to use two wallets to be the first time you could bridge like between a sold sold blockchain and, and ETH with just one wallet and make that a super like almost a one click experience. And that's going to help blow up their initial, you know, boost on Polygon. And it works for us too, because it helps us. So I'm like, I love the fact that we're in a place where we can make mutually beneficial kind of like deals, because that's the best zone to work in, because both parties are incentivized to do something great. And I think the same extrapolates to brands as well that, that NFT projects and Web3 companies want to work with. It's like, make it a layup for the brand and make it a layup for you guys so everyone's working together and, and everyone's winning. Is Polygon, um, are they basically saying like, are, are there like metrics that they ask for these grants? Like, is that the way that those things are structured? Because I'm assuming a lot mm -hmm. of businesses, I, you know, I spoke with the team behind Nifty Portal, uh, one, of the, one of the leading uh, NFTs on Ethereum. And uh, they, they were saying, the team over there was saying, uh, yo, we want to get some of that grant cash. And, uh, and mm. so I'm like, is that, is, is that what they're incentivizing is saying, Hey, we need activity and stuff like that in order, in order to, uh, like, is it more of a partnership or are they just like, yo, we're throwing around money. There you go. Come on over yeah, because we'll take three mil. We'll take it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I don't you know, think this is the norm. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not the norm. And that's what I wanted to say. I think like it's a super challenging discussion because we're in an environment where, a lot of people are like down bad, right? And so like seeing somebody raise capital, seeing a project make money or whatever it is in a weird way, despite the fact that these are all businesses, people like get upset about that on the internet. And so I think it sucks for the Polygon team because like right now, like they, I've talked to them and grilled them. You, you guys know me at this point. Like I'm just like a straight shooter. Like I, I'm telling them like my biggest criticism, like I'm grilling them on the BD side. And the thing is like, they just don't pay for that many deals. Like it's a, it's just like a narrative that's really hard to disprove. Like, how do you disprove the fact that like, how do you disprove crazy conspiracies that people make up on the internet and are perpetuated over and over again? 
there is a grant system, but for us, it was really like a unique scenario. Like it's never, there's never been like a project this big that's open to like bridging the actively like traded collection yeah. over to their thing, which is the best case scenario for them. And for us, it's like, okay, what's the first thing we're doing with the capital? Well, we're hiring some, we're hiring like two content creators we're about to like put out our first job post in like nine months. You know, we've been like a lean team for like the last nine months because we didn't know where the fuck this market was going to go. So now that we have beyond what we we're expecting in runway, first time I can start thinking in nine months about expanding. And so it's bullish for the community. It's bullish for our holders. But yeah, I don't think they're throwing around grant money like like that. Like I don't think it's at the memes that there are on Twitter because people thought we got like 20 million. You know what I mean? Like people's like sense on Twitter is a little bit skewed. Oh, well, they're, I, they're, I, the crypto Twitter has no sense of reality. Basically. <laughs> wow, bro. It's and, like... And, let it's me tell wild. you, someone who's walked outside my door and re- documented that, it, the amount of shit that you get literally for just going outside, but when you should have just been inside your entire day running the business and delivering value to your <laughs> NFT holders that gave you $150 when the project first minted <laughs> is, is uh, insane. And I want to apologize here on this show to those Nifty Portal holders that, that saw me go outside, <laughs> that witnessed me leave Maybe. my house and go and have social experiences You're with other people <laughs> to try, to try and build relationships. I just want to apologize. I feel ashamed for that sort of behavior. I should have never done that. And I've learned my lesson. I want to say here first, I have learned my lesson. It will never happen again. I am sorry. And for the listeners, I just want you to know, I did see Nick drink water and <laughs> breathe air during this. So like, I <laughs> I didn't know founders not were allowed okay. to do that. Yeah, I didn't know founders were allowed <laughs> no, to do that. So no. just wanted to make sure people knew I'm not snitching, but I am just letting letting you guys know the facts I, here. I genuinely do appreciate, though, what you're describing, I think, is methodical, cautious, uh, or semi-conservative, basically, when it comes to how do we execute on our business and protect the fact that it continues to stay alive. A lot of people, and we actually see, I would argue, around projects and businesses and startups that tend to have more money tend to have more dramatic crash and burns, basically, that, uh, uh, out of like Silicon Valley. I remember so many startups that would be like, they just raised $50 million? What the hell? Like, where did that come from? And they like immediately stack a team that's like incredibly like excessive. They overhire and, and suddenly they're like, well, we ran out of the money six months later oftentimes. Like you'll see those companies run out of money in six months that had $40 million. And we all sit there and say, well, like, I wouldn't have done that if I, if I had that business. Now, I don't know the scenarios. And I've been at fast-growing startups where they definitively overhired and that's oh, caused same. issues. Like, being methodical, like, the market's not demanding that you go add 100 people to the team. What, the, what, the, what your business is demanding is having cash as the lifeblood of that business injected into the business as often as possible to, to handle basically what's inevitably an immense number of failures that happen at the, at the beginning of a, a business. And you have to get through that entire period of time. So if you're out there also just taking wild bets and throwing money uh, you know, against um, uh, j- just insane high risk um, things, which I would argue even in your case, you could say that it's high risk, although the way that you that you calculated it, you're saying it's not high risk. Staying on Solana is higher risk to the the. I didn't the, say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's what you said. Your words, Frank. No, it's not my words. Your words. I'm just. Well, I heard. No, it's, it's, 
<laughs> um, no, I, someone fire no, out that I, tweet. I, I, that's my it. math. That's my I, math. I'll, I'll I, be honest. I, I, I'll, I'll, no, Nick, dude, I'm actually like blown away by this conversation. Like, it's crazy. I feel like we've lived very, uh, we've had very similar experiences. You know, a few startups that I worked at before, before all this NFT stuff, very similar problem. And in, in this recession, you know, I don't know if we're calling a recession yet, but like in this market over the last six months, I've seen two of them that have ended up laying off 60% of their staff. So it's like, it, and, and you know, just today, what Amazon just laid off like 11,000 people, Meta just laid off like an, another like 18,000 people, like the note, it, it's like, bro, like, <laughs> like, wake the fuck up. Guys. Like, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure we all have like founder friends here. Like, I don't know a single team that hasn't like laid off uh, X number of people over like the last, you know, few months. It's, it's so real. Yeah. And so like, even us, it's like people think we're just killing it. But in reality, like, there's taxes. There's like people that we hire that we, you know, we're paying too many salaries. There's like letting go. There's like, you know, fucking un unforeseen expenses. And so to me, it's like I, the number one thing that matters is like this NFT project stays alive forever, right? Like that yeah. is the fucking goal. And so we just like, we laid off like most of our staff in August. We're not talking about this. We're just like, we're like trying to execute on the business and we're laid off half the staff. We were like, we're not going to expand. We shipped Utes with three guys in our fucking, like, in our in our house right here, like, at our dining table. We were just working on that, you know, that whole two-month period, like, reworking it, shipped it with, in, in this fucking house. And then from there, it's like, we just haven't hired a at all. And so for me, I'm like, I cannot wait to put out the hiring call. And I can't wait to bring on literally, like, two, three people. And that's it. And then we'll wait a another period of time, test those people out until we're ready for, like, potentially the next expansion, but maybe not. I like I'm so bullish on lean teams going into this because the iteration cycle like is just so much faster. And for NFTs, you you worked in startups, Nick, and it seems like a lot of you guys had before. It, like nothing moves at the pace of NFTs. Like I've been in fast-paced startups, it's not even close, bro. Like NFTs are the fastest moving. You don't have an army of customers freaking out if you don't have like <laughs> uh, an email go out every six hours working. And you don't startup. have you don't have books. Like you don't you don't have like a wealth of knowledge of like the fucking hundred years of people doing this. There's no, there's none of that. Yeah. And so these are like the real operating challenges that people don't talk. Okay, but what I do want to talk about with you guys because I, I fucking love you guys for this. I'm like hyper bullish on like the attention economy, especially when it comes to content creation, high quality content creation people want to watch being one of the biggest drivers of like NFT awareness, especially this year. Because if we're not going to get the moon pays and we're not going to get the fucking, you know, giga like macroeconomic wave on it, it's going to be like Twitter native, like crypto native content, YouTube, like these kind of things that will drive the growth that will be proportionately much larger compared to everything else in the space. I'm curious, like, what the game plan is on, on your guys' end, like, how, how you're well, thinking about it. We can't announce it here, but we have something coming in the next month, basically. And uh, I think you're seeing it also. We got Clemente here uh, as well, that, who, like, I, I think there's a bunch of us that are figuring out, you know, like, how do you build an engaged community? And I was actually discussing this, which is, like, what happens when the community, like, pre-exists before, like, we're going to have a PFP it was supposed to drop last year, but we're like, we finally, we're like at the, at we're, like the we're ready to actually break the internet and, fucking and, and, finally. And, 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 and fucking like, finally. We're, we're like, dude, we finally have this thing. But what, what, um, what we, we haven't seen, and I think uh, Daily Dose will be an example, will be an example. There's a couple other players in this space that'll launch things essentially after they've built that community. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And it's a different structure, right? Like then um it then even 
D gods and uh, and then also the I, I would go back to the uh, March 2021 where we're thinking about like Board Ape Yacht Club and and then even Pudgy Penguins where the where all those communities just grew out of the PFP itself like the the the, the, the like people took their identity and went and built a community on their own versus like having uh, content at the forefront. I actually am interested to see which way uh, those things play out. But the community, we we all have very similar incentives, I think, in terms of like, how do you get engagement and how do you attract as many people into the system? We're all trying to bring people into the ecosystem, like one way or another. You're going to do it in your way. We're going to do it in our way. But like ultimately the name of the game and where everything's headed, and P.O. mentioned this before with uh, John Carlo buys tokens, is that... Uh, the, the name of the game at this point is figure out the least friction way to onboard as many people as possible that where the at the end of the the game the the uh, the hook the carrot is basically our nfts like that's that's the that's the carrot and we're not even in an ecosystem yet where like universally nfts are like a widely uh, demanded thing but the way that we view it is that uh, inevitably, those are the things that people want and they want free ones. They also want paid ones, right? Like, so they, they want valuable ones and they also want free that's ones. That's also part of like a collector's economy in general. Like this, this goes all the way back to like Pokemon cards, yes. you know, and like sneakers and anything that's a physical collectible, you buy a pack for $5 in hopes that you hit something rare. But if you don't, now you have free ones that you can just play with. And you, you know can't I mean? like sell those, right? You you wouldn't just go to a store in 1998 and buy a pack of Pokemon cards, open the pack, have the most common one that everybody has, and think, I can turn around and I can sell that also thing. a longevity <laughs> process to it, though. Like, think about those cards opened in the 90s and early 2000s that, like, did not hold value until 2020. You know what I mean? Like, there's this whole thing, and I think we do end up seeing that narrative shift because, dude, we're still we're still in the warm-ups. Like, when we were talking with uh, Kui from uh, Activision Blizzard, he put it perfectly. Like, we're still signing contracts. We're not even in the first inning with, like, these players in, in this larger scheme of things because it's, like, it's we've been around for, what, two years? You know what I mean? Like, in 10 years, that's when you really start to get into stuff where people are, like, excited about these first ones. Dude, uh, I'm laughing at kicks, but uh, doodle in the comments. You see these kicks. comments, dude? But, but, but uh, literally, kicks are just like... The, well, the, uh, but this... the, uh, the, the doodles thing, you know what's interesting? Kicks when doodle said we're going to flood the market with NFTs, I was like, this is the most bearish thing ever. And now, now, makes I'm, sense. now I'm like, wait, actually, this, like, this probably made sense. Yeah. I don't know if they're form of how they communicated it you know was the perfect but way of delivering five it years the original doodles are going to have this value like a uh, like a reflective it, charizard card yeah it's like such it's a crazy. weird it's such a weird dynamic though to start with the highest value thing versus like pio was talking about so rare where like you on board with the most common cards but you understand what that experience is right out the gate. Uh, Did with, I just become um, a doodles maxi? Uh, You're a doodles maxi. Everybody's gonna play so rare. Uh, well, no, but you don't. You don't know which. Like everyone's execution is gonna be different. We're back in figuring out and programming the product itself, which is saying. And now, now we're both all we're all equals. Where we're saying like this is the product that I'm delivering. I'm Frank's delivering a D god and a U basically. We're out delivering our, our PFP that we're going to be delivering plus may, plus something else, basically. 
So they're, they're like everyone's going to be, those are our products. Doodles is going to deliver doodles. And if they can figure out their path, their path they believe is like, I'm going to partner with uh, famous musicians. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that the best path? That's it's debatable. We've seen that like work and we've seen that fail. But I think that's what the game that all of us are playing is like, how do you build that? Uh, I didn't realize we were all playing the IP game, but like, how do you build that either IP and or game dynamic that makes people want to stick around and uh, interact with your ecosystem, basically? Yeah, my, my, my simplest thesis on this is, is it, I think it looks like this. If you have a really strong community, like that is something that's rare and a valuable asset. And for the right brand or the right airdrop or the right partnership or the right next move or whatever you're doing, if you have a community that's engaged and excited about what's coming next, that can essentially be leveraged into ad infinitum of like different types of things, right? Like I, I don't have it downstairs. I saw this thing the other day. Like I, I bought it at CVS. Barstool is like making this like classy deodorant brand that's not even like branded by Barstool. You can't even tell that it's made by Barstool. And so they're obviously going in the CPG route. They have a merch line and it's like all these different things. And the funny thing I think is there's a lot of bozos on Twitter that don't understand like how massive some simple types of businesses can be. Yeah. Like, for example, most creators make a lot on YouTube, like make most of their money from two things like sponsorships and then merchandise. It's like, you know, to NFT guys, they're like, oh, but this isn't triple staking and this isn't, you know, what I mean? like, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, bro. Like you're talking about people that are like, that are building like you know nine figure businesses a year selling like merchandising and doing sponsorship deals like and 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 100%. a few small things under that like Mr Beast launches chocolate bar it's like there's all these interesting lanes Beast to Burger take monetizing a strong community and Mr Beast Burger is a rug crazy. bro <laughs> okay buddy all right buddy <laughs> nah, it is I ordered from there man they just put like fancy like I'll wrap my point up by saying that. The number one thing that people could think about is like, you want to build a strong community. So where does content come into this? Well, content and making engaging content, making it exciting to be a part of that project and hold it, whatever vehicles that you use to make that exciting, like that is the asset, like that is the goal. So if you want to achieve the community that can allow you to parlay into 50 different other options of things you want to do, then you need to build strong content and have consistent things that are happening for your holders to stay engaged so they don't fall into the atrophy of the hundred other projects that they hold. You, that is like the simplest. You you thesis. literally just uh, yeah. outlined our thesis. I'm not <laughs> saying what we're launching in order to do that, but that that basically, you, you're, you're like, how do you make it exciting to continue to come back on a regular basis and feel like you're part of that, uh, that, that group, basically? We're not going to be the only ones that do this. Like, let's be clear. There, this is going to become, in my opinion, the standard, like this is going to be the standard, but us and other, uh, other, uh, people that are operating really in the quote web three space or whatever you want to call it are going to sort of define the playbook that as this goes and spreads to basically the rest of content, because uh, th let's just put it this way, Mr. Beast, the one thing, and we were discussing this yesterday, Mr. Beast absolutely destroyed it by making content where insane things happen, where he's like, I'm going to give away a million dollars or whatever it is. But you, the viewer, have no participation in that, uh, in, that, like, uh, in that video, basically. You have the potential, if you like and subscribe, but, you, but, you, but like you're, you're, uh, you're not a participant in that. NFTs deliver the potential 
to actually introduce uh, interactive dynamics into it. The one thing he did do was he launched that mobile app where it was keep your finger on the screen. And, and that was like one interactive thing that he's done. And I, I know that like the, the way- That was crazy others, mischief. Yeah, that was Yeah, he's nuts. done a few others though. Like if you look at like, he involves community members in a lot of his YouTube videos. Like the Squid Games one, he got, uh, he did a host of a raffle and involved a thousand oh, yeah. people to play. And that's, that's why what, you subscribe to Beast because you might get invited yeah, you out. Might, you, might, you might have your hand on a jet and all of a sudden now you, you own a private jet. I have to, it'll take me 10 seconds. I have to tell you, this is how we blew up on TikTok. So one of my friends in, in my personal life runs his TikTok page. And there's one inflection point that made it go absolutely nuts. And it was like, watch it. It was like, the, he went into Walmart and he basically like, like he was like, do you want to, like, he had one of his friends go blindfold somebody say, hey, do you want to come see something in the parking lot? I'm going to blindfold you. And it was like, obviously most people say no or whatever it is. Basically comes out, gives the person a car when they get out there in North Carolina. But then it's like, follow here and you could win like another car or like something really simple, but only for people that watch to the end of the video. And it was like something so simple like that, that when it, when it went viral, it hit like 20 million views. Like it went absolutely nuts. And with that, he went crazy on TikTok and they just started making like TikTok native content. And they partner with like TikTok native people on the platform itself. And so when I see like a lot of cringy, like web three content, I feel like it's people that are trying to like p always pitch like web three. They're like, come join web three. Like this is the future. It's like, bro. When's the last time you bought something like from that type of marketing? Right. You want to just like make it look cool. You want to just make it look like it's a part, or it's a vibe to be a part of. That's yeah. a big thing. You want a catalyst. It doesn't even mean if it's a shock value, if it's an anger, evoking emotion from content. And it's something like people have even responded to like these IRL things I've been doing and being like, what does this do for the benefit of Web3? It's like a lot of the stuff it does is causes an emotional reaction, which causes interest to follow. It doesn't have to be in that moment. But when you see something and you're shocked that it's sold for, $5 million, your next question is why? And that then stems into a snowball effect. And like the video that you did, it's like, how did they win that? Why did they win it? And they watch through, it hits an algorithm. It's like this whole loop that plays into it, which is crazy. Yeah. And, and look, some of the things Frank said, so a couple of things that Easy just said is like, there's a misunderstanding from participants and from creators. There's very few creators that have the deep understanding. And Frank, when you talk about content, there's a clip of David Friedberg from the All In podcast that me and Nick use as like our Bible, which is like him talking about Mr. Beast Burger. Maybe, maybe yeah, you know. <laughs> Nick's like, I already knew all that information. Anyway, Mr. Beast Burgers brought up, he brings up Portnoy Barstool Sports and how that acquisition by Penn Gaming was so important because what's harder to build like a gambling company or to actually build a content focused business, a massive audience where something is culturally relevant and cool. So I couldn't agree with you more on the content side. And speaking of the content side, I've been paying attention to the comments in here. And Frank, you came to the show. Some people in there in the comments are like, Frank, so well-spoken. He's so methodical. Other people are just straight up mad and writing anything that they possibly can that's negative. And what people need to understand is that is exactly what you want. You want the polarizing response. Same thing's happening with Nick. Some people are like, Nick's a grandpa. Some people like Nick can't wait to, uh, you know, cut off Frank. Some people like who Nick invited wears diapers. Nick wears you know? diapers. But the point are true. But the, but the thing is, is that's good. Being polarizing is good from a content perspective. If anything, I look at the comments. I'm like, where's my hate? Why aren't you shitting on me yet? You know what I mean? It's literally better to have that attention in a polarizing way. And it's not that surprising to me that you have the success that you've had in the space as a result. So that's like my, my little two cents on content there. We, we, we are, well, go ahead, but we should also wrap. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be quick. I mean, 
for me, I definitely didn't set out to be like hated. Like that wasn't the goal, right? Like I think our goal but, is but to, with like, success comes hate. It's well, inevitable. It, and, and more specifically, it's like, I think what I realized maybe like th- when we first delayed, like, because if you think about it, right, like Ute list going into Utes, that becoming like tubes, this whole delay. I think we shot ourselves in the foot to a massive degree. Like, I think if we actually nailed that launch, had the artwork ready, like we could be talking about a whole different reality, right? Like we could be like, you know, in, in a different world if we nailed everything there. So when that went down and I saw so many people mad at us all the time. I realized like the only reason we were actually able to stay relevant for delaying the artwork for two months was because there was a lot of controversy and debate. But that debate doesn't just come from nowhere. Like the debate was real. It was like D God holders that had incredible outcomes from like trusting the process and holding even when we did fuck up for a year straight. And we built that track record for our community. And like those guys were debating people that were totally new to us because Utless went so viral and they had no idea about like our history and how how serious we are about like, be, you know, becoming big and all that stuff in this space. And, and so it created an interesting debate. And so I think a lot of people that are shock jockeys in the space, look at it on a very surface level. And they're just like, oh, you could just say anything and get people mad. Well, yeah, you can do that. But how do you actually like, like, why does the market respond? Well, like, wh- you know, it's like, the market doesn't lie at a certain point. And yeah, like, we're up, we're down, whatever it is. But I mean, like, it's hard to deny at a certain point, like we're trying to do things in the right way for our holders and our community. And part of that involves getting everybody that makes content to talk about us. How do you get everyone that makes content in the space to talk about us? Well, you got to ruffle some fucking feathers. You, you have to. Like, if you don't, then it's not interesting to talk about. When you guys are covering news and I watch it and I listen to the show, it's like, the dramatic stuff, the crazy news, like the simple one-liner that you don't have to go fucking explain 20 layers of tokenomics for people to understand. Like that's what gets movement in the space. That's what drives real volume. And so I guess now I'm doxing. Like I just take, I'm trying my best to learn how to emotionally like take people just being mad at me like all day, every day. Um, It's new. I don't love it, but I'm trying to do what's best for the community and the it, project and like got to just accept it at a certain point. It's part well, of the you, you got, you got to turn 40 and then it, it, that, that helps also because <laughs> you just stop giving any fuck about what anybody says because the first, uh, the first, uh, and so a lot of people get there sooner. Took me till 40 I, before. I, I never had, like, thought I'd say 40. I want to be 40, but I mean, <laughs> fuck dude, that sounds fire. Um, like literally it just doesn't matter. We were, I remember when we went to the Bahamas and like we had so many comments that no one was actually, when we when we got in a bathtub, no, there was, there was no, no negativity. Hate. I wanted and the hate. When, when when we went to the Bahamas, it was like, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you go to the Bahamas when literally no one else is going? How dare you go and do that? You're supposed to be at home. Were you spending that NFT money that the holders <laughs> the holders you? paid for is, it? Is, is that like, what happened? Jesus there? Christ. <laughs> It's, it's it's like yeah i didn't even know people were this, this is what also this is actually huge insight i had like today on this whole topic I, there, there's this guy that his name's lollipop and he just goes after me like non-stop like, <laughs> like it's actually nuts right like all day every day every day and he's like every rich he's day. like he's like a rich dude like i don't you know I, I don't know why but he goes after me like every day and today I went after another founder and i gotta like watch it happen from like a third party with a guy that usually goes after me, go after another founder who's like a dope dude, like Soul Port Tom. He's like a respected fucking guy in the community. Derugged the project, all this stuff. And when I saw it from the outside perspective, I realized how dumb it is to actually respond to those people. Like yeah. it's like nobody wins. Like the only person that wins is actually that guy. That person. But if you're on the other side of like people saying like fake things about you on the internet, it's really hard intuitively to not like respond 
and just like try to clarify it. Because it's but, a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. It's like, dude. Well, by responding, you're basically exactly pension is like the bigger issue. Even and by that's, ignoring it, it, it's like it, it took me like seeing somebody else go through that to like understand what it looks like. And when I saw that it just looks like, all right, bro, like, you know, I don't believe the other thing. I just trust this guy because I know this guy's name because he's bigger. Like, Soulport Tom's bigger than Lollipop. So I'm like, I just know Soulport Tom. I talked to the fucking guy. And so I realized, like, dude, I just got to stop responding. So now my new troll is like, I just did the peop- only people I follow can reply. So now it's like, if you go to the quote tweets, it's all like just super triggered people. And like, but it sorts them there. And then they have to boost my engagement if they want to interact. So it's like, all right, like I'm down. Like I'll just keep it on people. Only people that follow me can reply. And then they're like, dude, you're so soft. I'm like, dude, thank you for pumping the numbers because that's all that your hate is good for anyway. And their whole audience sees it. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) dude, let's go. Fuck it, right? I say this now, but then there's moments where you lapse. And then you guys, I'm sure, experience the same thing where it's like, it's super easy to say that. But every day, like people just saying fake shit, like people just like, or even real shit, but just like saying it in a, non-empathetic harsh way when like we're good people trying to like do right by our holders and our community all day every day it's like some days you lapse and you don't and then you regret that because then they if like chill and villain right like i called like his community like i said some bad things about his community one time i apologized for it three times but he saved that clip and so if i like <laughs> respond to him he just like keeps replying with that clip. Not so i'm that never gonna like yeah i'm never gonna not see forever it. <laughs> so he's, he's so petty <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I, I realized like dude, I'm just never gonna reply to them again. Like it's just like that's that's actually the only answer. Like it's and the game theoretically that's now the only answer at this point. Like just don't reply. Well, and what happens? The, the reality is, is like a it it costs nothing like uh to go and just respond to somebody, and so like there's zero friction. And additionally, what percentage of people that are like w- the problem is mentally we treat you know, everyone is equals on a level playing field. Like when we consider like, uh, connecting with people, but how many of those people have like actually have like, but by and large, 99.9% of people haven't even started a business, let alone then the, uh, the, now take it to the next level, continue to keep that thing running for a period of time. Twitter for the most part about like, how you should be running your business, basically. Zero, yeah, I would say, zero percent. Anybody that makes something, just reckon, like, my thing, I'm just like, if I meet another founder, my first thing is like, dude, like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, this shit's hard, right? Because if you meet another founder, you're like, dude, if you're trying, that's like the only thing that matters to me. If you meet the founders that are just dickheads that aren't trying and they're just flexing that they wrote people, that's like bad. Yeah. But you meet anyone that's trying, it doesn't matter whether they're successful or not because you just know that it's hard. And that is not just in NFTs. It's just any space when you do something, you just realize how hard everything is. And then when you realize how hard everything is, you start to have a lot more empathy for anyone that's trying to do anything. And that is like the most important thing to me. And, and it's gotten to a point where I've realized like, dude, at the end of the fucking day, everyone that's like talking shit on the internet, sometimes people have valid points. But the problem is like when you're a fan, when you're trying to like make something, you might hear like a valid criticism. But honestly, if it's delivered in like a negative tone or in like a tone that's like you're going to fail, you you gain you don't want to hear that. Not because you want to be in an echo chamber, but because that is not what's going to get you to the next step. Like being in self-doubt and being like letting doubt creep in all the time, 24-7, just leads you to making worse decisions than if you're more decisive and you just go in a fucking lane and you just make it happen. Like that leads to better outcomes. So when I block people, like I started blocking people. I always looked at that as like negative, like, oh, why would you block someone? I realized I'm like, dude, like, why? 
even if the guy has valid points, I'm like, I'll read it and I'll take what I want to take out of those valid points. and I'll be real with myself. But like, you're just saying it in a dickhead way, bro. Like, fuck yeah. you. Like, I don't know you. Like, I don't need to talk to you. Like, what do I owe to you, bro? I'm on fucking Twitter. Like, I, I'll block whoever the fuck I want. I prefer like, muting than blocking. But the thing, like the thing that you're talking about, like the fake narratives does really get to you because people are just saying lies and then they can get traction and that's bullshit. And then again, back to like the sort of the founders empathize. Like, dude, the thing that I empathize with is how monster of a move it is to get a $3 million grant from Polygon because it just makes you so much more secure. The, the business so much so, more secure. And People don't understand the differences in like tax implications from raising money from customers, the difference of giving up equity in a fundraising round, and then the difference of getting a grant to go to a new blockchain and in the process also, you know, potentially experiment with something that's really strong. So like someone pro- pro- out there probably thinks that th- three million bucks is like going to your Lambos. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, <laughs> a lot of people think that. Like, yeah. Wait, what, co- what, what color? I forgot. Yeah, I'm looking at I, like so. I heard Andrew Tate has his car seized, so maybe we can get some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah. dude, th- this has been uh, sick. Re- I really appreciate uh, you coming on, and uh, the, we should do it again. You're always welcome back. And uh, yeah, is this, this gonna is gonna be like full on YouTube. Yeah, so it's on like, YouTube, man. To yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll ping right you now. the link. Yeah, I- I'm gonna end this with a clip just so I can like clip it because I know it's about. Hey, I'm excited to deal with the constant drama around the $3 million number all day today. Can't wait to hear 100 bozo takes about it on Twitter. Uh, love my job. Let's fucking go. <laughs> There's your soundbite, ladies and gentlemen. Frank from D-Gods. Frank from Utes. Watch out for D-Gods taking over ETH and Utes going to Polygon. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. It's fucking 6 or 7.30 a.m. for Frank, and he's been here since, since 6 a.m., so you know he's waking up early on a Friday to work on the business. All three million bucks. Went into his pocket, ladies and gentlemen. Go, oh. go, fucking light him on fire. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. just sir, that was a joke. Just for, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to clarify. Anyway, thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening on Twitter. Since we're uh, since we're all about um, you know the the community and everything, I want to just put a track on by someone that made a song for us and for other NFT collections. Dan the Lost Boy. Here's Adios. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening everyone.